theyeshiva.net. Okay, Tayyida Yidin. The last leg of the Mimer. The last section. Page Tezayin. The last paragraph. If I give a summation, it's going to be another few shirim. So I'm going to rely on everybody's memory. And if you don't have the memory, so you'll chazer, hopefully. V'lachein, and thus, meramzim zeh bechol shana v'shana. Everything that has been discussed till now, the long introduction about how the Jewish calendar works, from the three weeks Tishabov, the seven weeks Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Shmini and then the long introduction about understanding the conversation between Moshe and Hashem about exile, his questions and the answers, following a long introduction of the metaphor, the long metaphor of the student and the teacher the ultimate student and the ultimate teacher, following the long explanation about how that's reflected, the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people in the Churban of, uh, in the Churban, in Golos Mitzrayim, Brisbane Absarim, Golos Mitzrayim, Matan Torah, Sarim Amaris, Aseris Adibris, following the explanation how that's also true for the future Gula. And the present Golos, which is why Mashiach is born by the Chorban. So after all of that, he says, All of this, in a micro level, gets intimated in the annual calendar. Meaning, the way the Jewish calendar works is that every year is a microcosm of all of history. That's how our calendar works. It's a fascinating idea. In other words, every year basically is all of history. Obviously, in a more specific, in a more... Uh, broken down way. You have what's called klal and you have what's prat. And as we say, ein bechlal elamasha befrat, ein befrat elamasha bechlal. So the klal is, there's the klal of history. The Gemara says, shital fishnin da hava alma. Masechter Rosh Hashanah lamaral of the world is 6,000 years. But every Rosh Hashanah we say is a new year. And what it means is a new year, it's not just you need a new year for a break. But the idea is, that the chius of that year gets renewed. It's called Rosh Hashanah. says Rosh Hashanah is called Rosh, not Tchilas. It should have been called the beginning of the year. Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year. So we see it as a euphemism. The head of a table. You're sitting at the head of the table. The table doesn't have a head. The table doesn't have... Uh, huh? History repeats itself. Yeah. Well, that, that's sometimes in a more... Um, Sometimes in a cynical way. But here the idea is that every Rosh Hashanah is called the head because the function of the head is that it's the central nervous system. From the brain, all of the limbs and organs can receive their vitality. They're vivified through the brain and the brain leads them and guides them and mentors them. 
in a very general one, a very specific way. That's Rosh Hashanah. So every year, there's like the energy of that year that's packaged up in the brain. And we know that what happens in the brain, it's not, it's not happening in the brain. It's affecting literally every part of the brain. Because the brain has, as we know today, especially regions that are connected. There's not one detail in the organism that cannot be found somewhere in the, in the brain. That's the power of Rosh Hashanah. When the new chios of the year gets renewed. But it's not just that year. The point is, it's like a package for that year, which has within it a reflection of all of the 6,000 years. And that's why anything that happened in history from the beginning of creation till the end of creation happens every single year. Obviously, it may not happen with the same drama and the same revelation and the same fanfare and the same action and the same details, but there's an akuda of it. There's an element of it within a year. So therefore, everything we discussed in the whole Maimer, from Brisbane Absarim, from creation, all the way to Geula, exists in every, in every year in the Jewish calendar. Every Pesach, you have a shtikl Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. What's the connection? Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim happened more than 3,330 years ago. Exactly three, 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 one years ago, to be exact. Two, four, four, eight. Three thousand three hundred thirty-one. So what are you celebrating it? So you're going to say, well, it's nostalgia, it's memories. That's how a culture and a nation lives. It lives with memories. He says, but it's much deeper than that. There is something in the energy of that time of the year that captures the energy that was there the first time. And the same is true with every single festival. This is an example of Pesach, but it's true of every festival. There's something of the energy in the year. There's a word from the Blavitzik of Baditchev in his Sefer Gdusha Slevi on Hanukkah. The Gemara says in Masech the Shabbos of Chafalaf that um, when Hanukkah happened, so the oil burned for eight days. The Gemara says, L'shana haba kavum. The next year, they turned it into the Hanukkah holiday. Why didn't they make the holiday that year when they, when the miracle was complete to say, wow, this, this, this should be a yamtiv. It says, Lashana Habba, the next year. So if you want, you could kvetch al pipshat that they could have made the holiday that year, but it was irrelevant already. In other words, it was for next year. They made it that year, but you're only going to celebrate it next year because they had to wait till it was over and after Hanukkah. But that's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, Lashana Habba Kavim. <laughs> the next year they established it. So the Baditshiva said that sometimes you have events that happen. They happen. They had to see if the same energy is going to be available next year. Because in Yiddishkeit, time is, is like, in your metaphor, it's, it's, it's circular. Time is not just linear. It happened, let's move on. Of course, there's the element of progress and moving on. But there's also an element of coming back to that same point. Lashana Haba the next year, Chavim, they felt the same energy of last year Hanukkah is here. And this was a Chiddush by Hanukkah because other holidays till then, besides Purim, were biblical holidays. Even Purim was established by prophets. But this is the first holiday in Judaism that was not established in Chumash or in Tanakh. In Purim you have a Megillah. Hanukkah is not in Tanakh. It was completely a rabbinic institution of Mitzvah Medivri Seifer. 
So Lashana Haba, they couldn't make the Yom Tif yet. They don't know. God didn't say to make the Yom Tif. They said to make the Yom Tif. Lashana Haba, the next year, Kavum, they could, they could establish it. <laughs> for the Badichava. V'yesh Gamken, ah? Well, we'll soon see what that means. In other words, we're going to get to that. V'yesh Gamken b'chol shana me'endel asit. It's not just Jewish history till the Geula. In, 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 in every year you also have the elements of the future of the Geula. Shu Shmini Atzeres v'simchas Torah. Shmini Atzeres v'simchas Torah represents the Mashiach state of Jewish history. Kemavur b'soif maimer v'hizgadelti. As explained in the end of another maimer that he said, which we don't, we, we never found. V'hilchach, based on this, we now go back to the beginning of the Maimer, as in a circle. Maftirin gimel de Puranasa. That's why we have the Haftarah before Tisha B'av, three weeks, known as the three weeks, called gimel de Puranis, and the three Haftarahs of Puranis, which means of rebuke, of, of challenge, of, of difficult time. For whom minyud zayim betamos. It begins from the 17th of Tamos. The first Haftarah is the Shabbos afterwards. And then you have the second Shabbos and you have the third Shabbos. Those are the three Haftaris of Peronius. The last one is Chazon Yeshayahu, and that's the Shabbos before Tisha B'av. Here, there is the element of what happened by the Chorban, the three weeks that preceded the Chorban, the breaching of the Jerusalem walls, and then the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. But remember that the story of Yudzayim Betamos starts much earlier. The Mishnah says in Meseches Tainus that five things happen on Shivasa Betamus. The first thing is Neshtabru Haluchas. It's the day that the Luchas broke. So he says, That's the time the first Luchas break. There's a period that will continue till Yom Kippur when they had a second Matan when Hashem gave the second tablets, which is also described this week in Parshas Ekev. So Yud Zayin Betamos, the 17th of Tamos, Moshe comes down from the mountain after 40 days on the mountain. There was, of course, Matan Torah on the 6th day of Sivan or the 7th day of Sivan. Then he goes up onto the mountain. He receives the entire Torah. He learns it. He comes down with the tablets of the Ten Commandments. And we all know the story. He smashes them when he sees the golden calf that was created a day before, Tez Zayin Tamos. This is Yud Zayin Tamos. Rashi makes the calculations to show how it works a few times in Chumash, including this week, Ekev, but also Parshas Kisisa. And then Moshe goes up the next day on the mountain. He pleads for 40 days. Those 40 days finish with the end of the month of Av, Chavtes Av. Chavtes Av, there is forgiveness, and Hashem tells him, I want you to carve out two new tablets in lieu of the first one's which you broke, Asher Shabbat, which you broke, and I will inscribe again the Ten Commandments. Moshe goes up Rish Chaydesh Elul, and he's there for a third set of 40 days. Those are called Yemei Ratzah, days of, of, of will, of, 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 of re, re, rebirth of the relationship. And he comes down on Yom Kippur with the second tablets. That's when he hears the message of Salachti, you know, I have atoned, Salachti Kedvarecha, and he comes down with the second Luchas. The Gemara says in Tainus, why is it that they made Yom Kippur the day says, Why is Yom Kippur such a Yom Tov? It's the Matan Torah of Luchas Achreinus. It's the second Matan Torah. It's like 
so to speak, the second marriage, or it wasn't a second marriage, same wife, but a second marriage, in the sense that the first one broke, and the second one, the second luchas, was get, were given on Yom Kippur. So there's a period in the calendar that starts Shavasa Batamas, when the first luchas broke, and Yom Kippur when the second luchas were given. Now, how do we understand this usually? We understand the Jews were bad boys, and they misbehaved, and they made a golden calf, and Moshe saw it, and he got upset, and he threw the luchas down, and that was it, and God said, okay, I had enough with them. There's no hope for this marriage, and Moshe fights, and fights, and begs, and pleads. Kavayachal, he confronts Hashem, and he says, you know, erase me from the Sefer if you don't forgive them, and finally, Hashem acquiesces, he concedes, and he says, okay, we'll try this one more time, Let's do a second set of luchas. And the second set of luchas ultimately is given to Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. And that's why from Elul till Yom Kippur, those are 40 days of known as the days of compassion, the days of, of Ratzin. It begins with Shechai and it culminates with Yom Kippur, Matan of Luchas Achranas. But after everything we learned, and that's all true, of course, but after everything we learned, there's also something deeper going on. What's, what, and what is it? Ki ma'ashen the reason the first luchas were broken, it was time for a higher shear. It was time for the second shear. The first luchas broke because in the source, in the source of all life, in the source of all the worlds, in the source of Torah, in the teacher, something new emerged. Something new was nisayder. What? Luchas achroinus. The second look is the later look. Shubchinis Yoyse Gavoya. Which in a way is much deeper. It's a new shear. Why? Ki luchas are rishayinus or matan teira le tzadikim. Luchas are rishayinus is the matan teira for tzadikim. The Jews were in a state of tzadikim. They were righteous. But for luchas achreinus, shubchinis matan teira le bali tshuva. The luchas achreinus is the matan teira for bal tshuva. And the matan teira for bal tshuva is a whole different matan teira. Of course, there was an advantage in the first luchas that the second luchas didn't have. The first luchas were completely holy. It says it clearly in the Pasuk. The first luchas were created by heaven. Haluchas maisa lekim heima. Hashem didn't only write, He didn't only engrave the words in the luchas. He actually made the luchas. The Mishnah says it's Asar Advarim that was created Friday, the first Friday, by Hashmashas. The luchas are considered a creation in Hashemayim. The second luchas, he says, psalachosh ne luchas of Moshe found, Rashi says in Parshish, he says that Moshe found in his tent sapphire, right? And he, uh, he, uh, chiseled. What's the word? Huh? He carved, he carved it, he, he, ho- ho- I guess, honed. He carved it out into the luchas, into tablets, and he brought that up to Hashem, who, uh, inscribed, engraved them with the Ten Commandments. In that sense, the first luchas have a certain light and a certain sanctity that the second luchas don't have. There's always the advantage of the first shear. The first shear is straightforward. It's, it's, it's sacred. It's good. But the second luchas have something that the first luchas don't have. And that's called the matantaira for the baltshuva. Yeah. Yeah. Luchas shni is the Jews were transformed from tzaddikim into baltshuva. Right. Yeah, because as we said yesterday, that till Mashiach comes, the Yechidah Shabbat Nefesh, 
remains in the core of the soul, but it's not always manifested in the body. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connect, realigning yourself with yourself. So the, 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 there was a transformation from the state of tzaddik to the state of baltruva. That's why the first luchas were given with koilas and brokim. Koilas are thunders, lightning. Because the first luchas represent the avoid of tzaddikim, which is revealed. The Jews then were tzaddikim. Kemaimah, the Gemara says, in Shabbos, Kofmanvav, Paska Zuhamasa. The filth that was in the world since from the, since the Eitz Hadas seized by Matan Torah. And this is right after Matan Torah, the first 40 days. They're in a state of tzaddikim. Those are the first luchas. Luchas, but then, but then the relationship breaks. The relationship fails. And Hashem says, okay, it, it, it's not going to work anymore. Obviously, it's not meant to be. You know, this marriage is not going to work. But suddenly Moshe reveals, no, that there's a deeper relationship. There's a deeper relationship that can't be broken. There's a deeper relationship, if we want to talk about it in terms of personal emotion. You know, there's the child who grows up in a very nurturing and beautiful environment and very innocent. Everything is so innocent and sacred and pure. And sometimes some people are lucky to step into such a world. That's the world they go, no. The, a world of a love, a world of nurture, a world of innocence, a world of purity, a world in which you're protected and you're safe. And it's, listen, that's what we all hope for, for our children. That's what we try to do. But we also know that the world doesn't always respond that way. You know, some experience a very different type of life. And there are the voices that say, that's it. You could never have that innocence. You could never have that joy or that confidence or that purity because of abuse or because of pain or because of trauma or because of other tremendous distractions or toxic influences, willingly or unwillingly, maliciously or not maliciously. And on some level you say, that's it. There's Some people give up hope. They don't even have hope for life anymore. But what's the truth? The truth is that at this point, the person is challenged to be able to go much, much deeper and to be able to find a wholeness that is deeper than all of the brokenness and to be able to bring it out. That's what tshuva means. Tshuva is that ability that after failure to be able to experience rebirth, to be able to not allow the negative energy, the darkness to take you down, but on the contrary, for it to become a springboard for renewal and rebirth, there is a depth to that that is unparalleled, that is unprecedented. Because whenever you take negative energy and you convert it into positive energy, the Yisrin Ha'ermin Ha'choshech, it's a different level of light. It's a different level of awareness. Anybody sitting here who had to deal and confront trauma of any level, or just a very deep challenge, and you had to work that through, and not allow it to demoralize you, or throw you into despair, or melancholy, or depression, or or define your life, define your existence, your marriage, your relationships, but rather be able to say, no, I can do it, I'm going to renew myself, 
I'm going to recreate the relationship from the broken places, that relationship is going to be a completely different perspective. You know, sometimes I meet addicts who are in recovery, and, you know, they destroy their lives. All their luchas broke. Their whole life broke. And some people remain in the brokenness, but those who have the courage to create second luchas, to create second luchas, they're, when you have a conversation with them, it's going to be a much more genuine conversation than anyone else in the world. Because they have been through all the lies, they have been through all the deception. The superficiality doesn't work anymore, you know? Good morning, good Shabbos, v'smachstu, shalom aleichem, aleichem, shalom, altsiz git, ya, 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 altsiz git. You know, the regular pleasantries, which a lot of people get away with, you just see it in the eyes, it's something else. You know, within 30 seconds, you can already be talking tachlas. You know what I mean? Huh? That's how real people talk. They don't sit and then for two hours you talk about uh, Trump and then you talk about the weather. Then you talk about the weather next week. Then you talk about the weather next week. Then you want to know where you went on vacation, where you're going on vacation, etc., etc. You go straight to the core. But a person has to be ready for that. Yeah. So if you said your potential to go much higher, what happens when you don't the Gemara says, right? So all the tzaddikim, oh really? So let's go sin. Well, it doesn't work that way. In other words, <laughs> what are you worried about? But they sin, so it's there. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Isn't failure like part of the fabric of existence? We all fail. A human being fails. The question is the level of failure. So, we don't say, let me go sin, right? Let me go sin. Let me go become an addict. Let me surrender to alcohol for six years, become a mashugana gambler day and night, and then when I go into recovery, I'll appreciate my children, I'll appreciate sobriety, I'll appreciate... You don't do that. <laughs> right? You don't give yourself an illness so that your body should be able to build up immunity because the illness can also kill you, you get my point. You have to be very, very protected. But the point is that in life we go through failure. And I gave specifically a marshal about children, that it's not their choice. Some people experience pain in life. They didn't choose it. And now they're dealing with it. So now they have to ask themselves. You know, we spoke Tisha above about the seed, right? Right? Yosef found himself in a pit and he had to ask himself, you know, was I buried or was I planted? That's a different question. Was I buried or was I planted? It looks the same. You're covered over by the earth and by the gravel. But the question is what you do with it. If I was buried, so that's it. It's death. If I was planted, it means that from this, new, new, new produce can come out. Rabbi Isaac, the highest was Tutsuch. Huh? Unbelievable. The reason the first luchas broke is not because the first luchas broke. It's because the second luchas had to be revealed. <laughs> and that's the whole theme here. The theme of the whole Maimer is that all breakage, all darkness is because a new light started. It doesn't start with the darkness. It starts with the light. It's just at this point, the light is in the source. It's not in the student. And that's why by the student, it's dark. The reason the old light disappeared, the reason the old light was eclipsed. The reason the old light broke, the luchas broke, is why? The same reason there was a churban beis hamikdash, because Mashiach was born. Because Mashiach was born, the new light was born, the light of Geula. 
So therefore, the old paradigms, the Alta Shir, the old Shir grow silent. So the real de- reason, the de- depth, the pnimius of Shvira Saluchis is what? It's already the Luchas Achroinus, but there's a process until it gets revealed. And that's why the first luchas are revealed, because tzaddikim generally their avoid is behisgalos. Mashenkin luchas achreinus hayabhashoy. The second luchas were silent. No, there was no, no no drama. No fireworks, no lightning, no thunders, no shoifer. Moshe came down. There was no there was no big party, it was Yim Kippi, he couldn't even eat. <laughs> the first luchas, it says, Vayachzu Asalakim, Vayoichlu Vayishtu, Sigvanaganza Fabrengan. It was a big fabrenga with lightning. God joined it. The second luchas, shashtil, nobody even noticed. Moshe came down. Why? Because shoinim balchuva shetzarich lias nesui peshek suichata. Because the life of a balchuva is much more clandestine. It's much more internal. Because there's a lot there. There's a lot of. There's the appreciation of of, of pain, of failure. Nesui peshek suichata. It's a very internal eagle. After they made the calf, the dirt came back, the filth came back. And they needed a new beer. The matan Torah for Baal Tshuva is a whole different level. The Medrash says, Al Pasig Vayagid Lechatalumas Chachmakikiflaim Lateshiyam. Medrash Rabbin Parshas Kisisa takes a Pasig in Eoiv. Pasig in Eoiv says, He taught you the secrets of wisdom. Kiflaim Lateshiyam. Kiflaim Lateshiyam means double, double salvation. So the Medrash says as follows. Ilule Chata Yisrael Hoyalem Elamikr Vesefi Yeshua Bulvad. They would have gotten the first luchas, they would have had Chumash and Yehoshua. But the second luchas, now they have the whole Tanakh and the whole Mishnah and the whole Aloch and the whole Agadah. That's called Kiflayim Latashiyah, a whole different dimension of Judaism that they wouldn't have gotten from the first luchas. Ay, Vagam Rashi Pirish, Rashi says, Kedele Yagon, Niska. Rashi says that what the reason he gave them more is they should work, they should be more busy, they should work harder, they should have more yagiyah, they have more to learn. We saw they're sinning, so therefore he gave them more Torah. It's not like the sinner gained. But the fact is that the luchas achrenes are called talumas chachma, the secret wisdom. It's keflayim l'tishya. Kiyaduah hamashal. The metaphor for this is shabikiruv makam maspek neir katan lahayir. Avol lahayir berichuk makam tzarich avuka gedayla. If you want to cast off light on a place that's close, you can light a little candle. But if you need the light to travel long distances, you need an avuka. You need a huge torch or a huge bonfire. Their matan taira is enough if it's first luchas. The first luchas represent chachma hagluya, the revealed wisdom, and that's sufficient to light up these souls, because when you want to bring light to a place that's close by, 
You don't need such intense light. You don't need such profound light. A smaller light will suffice. But once the Jewish people ended up spiritually distant so far, now you need a different light to reach them. You need like a nuclear energy. You need a different caliber of light. It's not just in quantity, it's in quality. You need a different type of light that can penetrate, that can reach such depths that no place will be called lost. That as far as they may have roamed, they could still discover their connection and they could still come home. That oil is a different type of oil that you need. That's why the Matan Torah for Baal Tshuva, for Tshuva is a different Matan Torah. There's the Matan Torah for Tzaddikim, the Matan Torah of Baal Tshuva. Once after the Chet Egel, when there was so much brokenness, so now you need a whole new oil. That's the Taluma is Chachma, the Keflaim Latashir. That's why the Medrash says the first Luchas was Mikra and Sefer Yehoshua. Five books of Moshe and Yeshua, that would be the end of Yiddishkeit, which is a lot. But the second luchas, suddenly you have Mikra, Mishnah, Lach, that means all Mishnah, all Gemara, all Medrashim, the whole expanse of Torah came only because of luchas achrenas. What's the pshat? Really? Chayte nisker? They wouldn't have sinned. <laughs> Nobody would be learning Gemara. <laughs> they wouldn't have sinned. You would have a Chumash would say for Yeshua because they sinned. So really, so Chaytenisker, that's a funny thing. Yeah. So again, you could look at it from the Nigla, from the Nister, from the revealed point of view, Rashi says, they need to work harder. They need to keep busy. If they don't keep busy, a lot of things can happen. But what do we also learn from this on a deeper level? That the Luchas Achirainis captured and it gave something that the Luchas Rishainis didn't have. And not because the Luchas Rishainis were inferior. They were very, very high and therefore they had everything in a state of klal. It didn't get to the details of Torah, the Talumas Chachma, because it was the Matan Torah for Tzadikim. And what you give Tzadikim is a smaller light, an amazing light, pristine, sacred, holy, but also a smaller light. But the Balchuva. The Balchuva represents the Jew after the Chet Egel, after trust has been broken. I mean, think of it even in terms of a marriage. You know, there's a marriage that's going like a honeymoon. It's smooth, it's nice, it's beautiful. It's like tzaddikim, you know, like a young couple. They look like tzaddikim. How does your daughter look this week, huh? Tzaddikim lach. No, it should always stay that way. Yeah? But there's, a, there's one of the, I think the Maharshal writes a fascinating thing. He says, why do we break the luchas? Why do we break the glass under the chuppah? So there's a lot of reasons. The main reason is because of Chorben Yerushalayim, right? In Meshkachich Yerushalayim, as we heard the, the music sing, in Meshkachich Yerushalayim, Tidbak Lashani Lechikim Loyas Kerechi, Im Layalas Yerushalayim Arer Simchasi. The Marshal says, I think it's the Marshal, I saw it many years ago. He says that, Every chuppah is a metaphor for Matan Torah. Because Matan Torah was the chasana, the marriage between Hashem and the Jewish people. And what happened by Matan Torah? The first luchas was smashed. So that's why we smash a glass under a chuppah. Now when you think about that, really? <laughs> is that really? That's, and that's how the chuppah ends. Trach and Mishrayt Mazel Tov. What's the Mazel Tov? So the Mazel Tov is because now we can go dance. But you, ju- you just broke something. What's the Mazel Tov? It's really something much deeper. There is the element of marriage that is the tzaddikim. You know, young, innocent, pure comp- people, a couple. 
rosy. This is good for Shabbat brachas. Ro- maybe not. Maybe not. It's good for 10 years after Shabbat brachas. It's good for the people around this, for some people around this table, maybe. <laughs> Let them honeymoon for a couple of years. Of purity, of, of a certain innocence. But then we know that sometimes the first luchas broke. Why did they break? They broke because there was a betrayal, because there was a alienation. There's no trust anymore. And Hashem said, this marriage can't work. It's obviously not meant to be. Forget it. The, the purpose of the Jewish people in this world is gone. Let's start all over again. I'm going to start with you. But Moshe fights. Moshe will not back down. And this has to come from Moshe. It, why, why couldn't God say, we'll try again? Because this is the concept that it's found within, within you. There's no, there's no relationship at the surface. But Moshe, representing the Jews, says, there's something deeper. And when that happens, you're going to need so much more, so much of a deeper light, much more maturity, much more conviction, much more depth, and much more courage in order to be able to find the path back. But what happens then is the relationship can't be broken. It becomes, in halacha we have something called shtar sheyatzalav irur. You have a shtar, it's a document, it's legal. But then somebody refutes it and he says it's false. So Bezdin now has to research. And then they give a, called kiyom hashtar, they validate the shtar. This shtar is, no, nobody could say it's false again. On the original shtar, somebody could say it's a lie. On this new one, after everything, it's not a lie anymore. It really had to, it really had to be, it really had to be worked through. You had to work through those, 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 the toxicity, the, the challenge, the fears, the insecurities. I think there's a Hemingway once said, life breaks all people. And then some of us know how to live in broken places better than others. Yeah. So when the luchas rishonis are broken, when they're broken, you have to go work through those broken pieces. When a couple works through the brokenness, now the parts that caused you to drift away become those parts that bring you together. And when that happens, there's nothing more powerful than that. When you could connect in your vulnerability, very practical, pr- practical things is practical, which means there's something that's pulling you away from the other person. When you can connect to the other person in that place, for example, you could talk about the trauma or the fear which caused you to pull away, and you could bring that into the relationship, you can't get a more powerful relationship. Because you took the broken pieces and you glued them together. You took the brokenness and you brought it back together. That's, but that requires a whole different type of oil, a whole different type of faith and conviction and depth. That's the matan Torah for Balei Truva is a whole different matan Torah. That's Taluma is Chachma. You gotta go to a much, you have to go to your subconscious, your unconscious Chachma. It's the wisdom that has been concealed because the wisdom that has been revealed has become abused. It's the wisdom that is concealed. The Olam understands what I'm talking about. Huh? Cause you're looking at me as though, uh, Abyssal, Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The Kotsky Rebbe said, beautiful, yeah. The Kotsky Rebbe, they say, once said in Yiddish, he said, it was a whole, uh, a couple of lines, there's a few versions, but one of the versions is, he said, 
gleiche Sache wie ein krumme Leiter, nicht das ein krumme Sache wie ein gleiche Wertel, nicht das ein schwarze Sache wie weiße Tachrichen, und nicht das ein ganze Sache wie ein zerbrochener Herz. There's, uh, how do I translate? There's nothing as, uh, as, uh, as straight as a slanted ladder, right? Because that's how you get up, right? Or a crooked ladder. There's nothing as crooked as a gleichwertel, as a, uh, snidey, ah? Uh? Yeah, snidey remark of a con artist, you know? The sarcasm, the gleichwertel, it's gleich, it's, it's sophisticated, but it's very crooked. It's, it's it's exploitive, it's deceptive. You know what I mean, right? The real cynics who know how to get into your kishkis, but they're always statechna, you know, they, they do it, they're dressed nicely for the occasion. Huh? House of Lords, yeah. A2 Brute, then Caesar falls. That's called a gleichwertel. Uh, well, not the gleichwertel, but you know, your friend, for your best friends. And then he said, there's nothing as black as the white shrouds with which you dress a corpse. And then he said, but there's nothing as whole as a broken heart. There's nothing as whole as a broken heart. And what did he mean by a broken heart? A broken heart really means lev nishbar. It's the humility, but it's also the brokenness, the cracks that allow the light to come in. That's the key. That's what brokenness really means. Brokenness means that the light comes in. When a keli is not broken, it's also a mechitza. It's, it blocks the light. That's what real brokenness is. Brokenness in, in Torah and chassidus is never, you know, let me break you, let me destroy you. That's not lev nishbar. That's you become a, a, a shmata. You become a broken person. That's not lev nishbar. Lev nishbar means we want to open, open the heart. <laughs> we want to make a crack. That's what it says in Lakuta Torah Parshas, uh, Tetzavok, Yisisna Balatanya says this in the Tzitz, Amayman the Tzitz. Lev Nishbar means you want to let the light come in. That's the Shvira. The Shvira's halukhis of, of Moshe Rabbeinu was breaking a reality that a whole new light to come in, could come in. That's a different light. And that's the light that is experienced from, from, from the failure of the Baal Shuvah. V'lochein. In the source, there was already an arousal of the second luchas. We go back to that same thing. The reason the old light left is because the new light was born. That's what caused Shvirus Haluchas. So when you look at Shvirus Haluchas on one level, it's the lowest moment. It's the worst moment. And this will, exp- but on the deeper level, what is it? It's the greatest moment. It's back to Tishabov, the day when everything was destroyed and the day that the Gula was born. And both are true. It depends if you're looking at the Nigla or you're looking at the Nister. If you look at it superficially from the outside in or you look from the inside out. If you look from the outside in, the shear just stopped. Everything is over. The relationship is gone. The lifeline was cut. If you go into from the inside out, what is it? It's the ability to be able to experience the ultimate love, the ultimate light. You could cry from this. This is so moving. It's so emotional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to give you the second luchas. Yeah. 
Well, you have to understand that with spirituality, don't look at it. Time is not, doesn't work like this. <laughs> the effect can happen before the cause, right? <laughs> That's what we're learning here. You know, the way the student experiences it is, right? There's light, darkness. There's first light, then there was darkness. Hopefully in the future there'll be light. The way we're understanding it is there's no darkness, there's light, and there's a much deeper light. And because there's a much deeper light, so that translates into a phase of darkness. And Jews always knew this in their bones. Jews, everything that's being articulated here, it's being articulated, being explained. But this is at the core of Judaism. It's in the Jewish bones. That's why you'll see throughout Jewish history, you'll see a fascinating pattern. You don't have a nation like this. And it shouldn't be taken for granted. After every disaster that Jews experienced, somehow after that, there was an unprecedented level of growth that never existed before. You go through the whole history. It starts with this, the breaking of the first luchas. But that's before we were in the picture. <laughs> You're right. You're right. They brought out unprecedented ideas within Judaism. You know, we learn when Mishnayis, Gemara, it was all after Churban Bayesheni. It unleashed such a revelation. Churban Bayesheni already unleashed a whole new era. The Zugas and the Tanoyim. But after Churban Bayesheni, the major Torah Shabalpeh came out after that. And, and you, there's this explosion of ideas and insights in the worst times. It's not like they were sitting near a beach, calm, relaxing, you know, drinking tea and coffee. The Crusades was one of the worst korbanas. Yeah, the era of the Rashian, the whole Baleatoisvis, the Rishonim, emerged from there. You had the, uh, the Spanish expulsion was a, was, was a horrible disaster. And the whole era, the whole Hisgalas of Kabbalah, of the Arizal, and all that, Ramak, the Arizal, Rabbi Yosef Karo, all the Tzvas, most of them came from Spain. You had Shapsi Tzvi, Tach Vetat. was devastating, 1648-1649. Within a few decades, the Balshemtev and his students revolutionized Eastern Europe. And in the Lithuanian world as well, the Vilna Gon, his students, the Yeshiva world, etc., etc., what, where did this come from? So you could look at it, Jews just knew you gotta go, you gotta go. And it's all true, of course, but there's something much deeper happening. In, in our bones, in our DNA, there was a code, there was, there was a code, and the code is that the darkness is really a result of the birth of a new light. So the worst thing you could do now is just surrender. You have to open yourself up to the new light. Rabbi Yashabar Salavetrik, Zacharnel of Racha once said, the Gemara says in Menachos, Chavtes, that when Moshe came to the mountain, he saw Hashem drawing the Tagim, the Koitzim, the little Zions on seven letters of the Sevetaira, Shin Ayin Tes Nun Zion, Gimel Tzadik, Shatnas Getz, has those little, you know, what are they called? Little thorns, Tagim, like little lines on top of them. He saw Hashem drawing. So Rakiva said, who is this for? Like, <laughs> we barely understand the Sevetayda. What, what do we need these shapes? I mean, Moshe asked Hashem. 
So Hashem said there's going to be a Jew, his name is Akiva ben Yosef. On every kites, on every thorn, it looks like a little thorn. He's going to expound mounds of halacha. So he said homiletically, kites really doesn't mean a line, it means a thorn. Rabbi Akiva is the one who experienced the thorny perforations of the Roman Empire with its full brutality, on his own skin, no less. As the Gemara says in Brachas, what they did to Rabbi Akiva. Al kol kites every thorn that he experienced, he built tile tilim shalalachas, mounds and mounds of halacha. He just saw it as a springboard for unprecedented growth. And not because they didn't feel pain. These are not people who were naive, who were in Lala land, who, oh, Tishabo, the Bismillah was destroyed, let's go dance. They were not in Lala land people. It's, it didn't come from naivete, from, from a lack of appreciation of what a healthy, normal life is. It came from this deep, deep, powerful idea that if there's darkness that descended into your world or into your life, it only means that a new light has been born. Now, I may not appreciate it. I may not want it. I may have wished that the old Shia doesn't get interrupted. Those are all normal emotions, you know. Quantum leaps are not easy in life. But the worst thing I can do now is just say, go back to the old. The old is not here. I open myself up to the new. And you'll see a very interesting thing that becomes clarified now. There's a eulogy for Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of Chumash. Eight psukim, the last eight psukim of Chumash, the Gemara says in Baba Basra, Moshe wrote with tears, or even Yeshua wrote them. There's two opinions. When you eulogize somebody of the magnitude of Moshe Rabbeinu, what do you talk about? You talk about the greatest moments. What about the catastrophic moments? Either you'll put them in somewhere to mention it, or you won't mention it at all. When you look at the eulogy that Hashem gives for Moshe Rabbeinu, He says, There was no Navi like Moshe. God knew him face to face. Okay, That's pretty uh, pretty powerful. Ponim al ponim. You know, him and Hashem were, as we would say, buddies. And then you say, all the miracles, all the wonders, the great arm, and then you finish with three words, he did this before the eyes of the Jewish people. So Rashi goes through the evolution of events. The Makas, the desert. What are the last words? Rashi says, what's the end? That he broke the luchas before their eyes. Shenema, it says in Akev this week, I broke them before your eyes. So what's Le'ene call Yisrael? He broke the luchas. So you're finishing Torah. We have a cloud to finish with something positive, right? To the point that the whole Mesechus Nida, Toysva says, and Rashi says, the Gemara finishes Mesech Nida with something that's not relevant to the Gemara, just to finish Shas on a positive note. What does Chumash finish with? The greatest catastrophe of Jewish history. The breaking of the Luchas. Let's say Moshe had to do it. But that's the summation. Like that's bigger than everything. Finish. He made us into a people. He gave the world divinity. Good stuff. It's not like you look. Moshe's resume was pretty rich. Imagine a surgeon. He's been a surgeon for 80 years. 
Yeah. Saved thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives. And they're finally making a goodbye party for him. And if somebody gets up and goes through everything he did, but says, but there's one last thing I got to tell you. Yeah. There was a patient went into him and he basically cut off his arms and legs. Okay. <laughs> That's the mice at the Kratzois. Even if he had to, there was no choice but amputation. But now, now, now we understand. Now we understand. Shviris haluchis on one level is the lowest, the lowest moment. On the de- on a deeper level, it's also the greatest. Because what is shviris haluchis from an external perspective? It's the end. From an internal perspective, what happens? There's a hisayrus. There's hisayrus of luchis achirainus. The matantayra of baltruva. And that's the reason for the istalkus lachenish bura luchas rishonis. Vaistalkus bechlal who begimul pchinis keneget las moichin chachma binadas kanal bemosh. And remember, the breaking happens on three levels. Back to our marshal. You remember the student is learning and the teacher ascends one level, another level, a higher level. Which eat with each ascent, the darkness grows stronger. Why? Because the light. Is coming in more and more and more. If the light wouldn't come in more, the darkness wouldn't grow stronger. It would remain status quo. But because the new light is coming in more, the teacher has to detach himself, so to speak, more and more. And the distance becomes more emphatic. And that's why in these three weeks, the morning intensifies. In Shulchan Aruch, we have a stage of Avelis from Shivasa Batamas till Rishchaydeshav. Then you have the nine days Rishchaydeshav till Tish. Then you have something called Shavua Shechol by Tishabav, right? The week in which Tishabav itself, until you have Tishabav. These are three stages. These are the three weeks. So you have the first two weeks, it's still, uh, not Mamish, the, the, from Shivasa Batamas till the end of the month. So it's basically around 30, a little less than two weeks is the first stage. That's like the Gilui of Chachma, of the new idea. So the teacher could still continue the Shia, even though it's with less enthusiasm, right? The second week, that's the beginning of the nine days, still not the week of Tisha B'av. That represents the concept of Bina, and therefore the, the idea is coming in even more, and therefore the teacher now will detach himself more to the point that his words may become confused because he's thinking about something else. And then you have Tisha B'av, the end, she's like a widow. What's Pshat? She's like a widow. The husband is gone. He's dead. But it doesn't say Hoysa Almana. Hoysa Ke Almana. She's like a widow. She's not a widow. He never left. The, really, the love is now stronger than it ever was. By the breaking of the Luchas, the love is stronger than it ever was. And that's the Pshat. You go back to the depth, what it means, the breaking of the Luchas at the Chuppah. The breaking of the Luchas at the Chuppah means that your marriage may hit a point where you're going to have to bring out this truth that during the breaking, the love was the deepest it ever was. Because the reason we go through broken moments in life is only because we're supposed to be receiving a new light. And the worst thing you can do is resist it. That's the only reason a person goes through brokenness, because there's a new light that's waiting for you. That's 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 what it is. There's a new light waiting for you. And that new light is what must enlighten 
and inspire the, the future. So you have the three weeks. It represents the depth of the histalkos. But just like the gilui is sibas histalkos, the histalkos is also sibas Meaning just like the hisoirus in the source is the reason there was a histalkos, it's the histalkos that now is the reason that there could be a revelation of the new light. Shabchines Ur Choyzer, the Matan Torah of Bali Tshuva. The Ur Choyzer of Matan Torah of Bali Tshuva. The Ur of Bali Tshuva is the Ur Choyzer. Remember, there's the two lights. There's the Ur Yashar. And then there's the Ur Choyzer, the one that bounces back because it hit the wall and it comes back. That's the Ur Choyzer of the Bal Tshuva. That the resistance, I'm resisting something. Something, I'm not letting it come in. It bounces off. And it has to go into a deeper place and bring out a much deeper place in me. And because it brings out a much deeper place in me, that's what the Ur of Bali Tshuva is, the Ur Chayzer. That Ur Nigla Metchila Bezayin Midas Dezah. Who gets the first revelation of it? The teacher. In the seven Midas of Zav, and Nasa Nehiru Lamayla. And that's where the glow of the teacher's face is experienced. Remember back to our marshal. What happens? The teacher now got Chachma bin Adas. It now fills him up and there's a glow. In the beginning, the student doesn't know anything, but he sees Nehiru Da'anpen. He feels comfort. What happens after Tishabov? After Tishabov, there's seven weeks representing the seven Midas of Nechama, which now experience the new light that the student can see there's a glow. And with this glow, Neshamas Yisrael find comfort. Right after Tisha B'Av is Shabbos Nachamu. Nachamu, Nachamu. They'll never stay in the place of Hoysa Kalmana. Right away. Why? Because they feel, they don't know, but they feel that the moment after Hester Ponim, after the teacher concealed his face, they feel there's episode light on the hero. Episode light. They don't know what the light is. If they would know it, there would be no darkness. But they feel there's a light and they're already feeling better. It's the extraordinary quality in Jewish history. Tisha B'av is over, and the next Shabbos, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ame. How did that happen? How did it happen? What's the transit? The transition is that the student has Nachama from the fact that there is a light on the hero of the Ampen. The light has not yet reached him. The light has not yet been internalized, but there's a Nehiru the Ampen. Like the student who sees the glowing face of the mentor. As the Jewish people, the souls go to Shul. And they hear the words of Nechama and the Haftarah. Which is one of the Shiva de Nechemta from Yeshaya. They feel comfort even in a bitter exile, as in the metaphor, in the parable, the souls feel, they have an instinctive knowledge, that the construction of Zah comes from Chesed. We learned before that when Adam is put to sleep, Adam and Chava put to sleep, for him to be rebuilt. They're separated. Remember, they were one. They're separated. He gets rebuilt in the process of sleep. And that comes from chesed. So they know that there's something 
from chesed that is happening here, and it's going to be revealed, lamata, ultimately below, to the neshamas of this world, the new light will be revealed. Okay, what happens now? So you have shiva and nechemta, which is the hope. What happens now? Now the teacher wants to give the new light to the student, but the student has to open himself up. You remember the two stages, how a student opens himself up? First of all, he has to create an empty space, go away from all his previous paradigms, step away from everything, become mamish, an empty vessel without any intellectual or spiritual ego. But that's not enough. We remember there was, this, we remember we spoke about the students who can hear, but they can't empty themselves out. They always hear things from their own paradigms. So the first step is, you have to strip yourself from everything because if not, you're distracting yourself from the new light. But now is the second step. He has to tune in. He has to tune into the light. He has to tune into every word. Those are the two stages we spoke about at length. What happens after Shivad and Nechemta? Shivad and Nechemta goes from after Tisha B'av till Rosh Hashanah. Now comes another two Shabbosim. The Shabbosim of Rosh Hashanah Yim Kippur, he says, then you have the two Haftarists of Tshuva. The first Haftarist of Tshuva, the beginning of the year, and then you have Shabbos Shuva before Yom Kippur, which is always Shuva Yisrael. Shu'inyan Shuva Elo, Shuva Tata. Shu'inyan Aliyas HaMalchus, Shu'in Hashamas Yisrael, Debiyah, Bebeiz Minei Havshatas Kanal B'Mashal. After the Shiva Dinechemta, which represents the feeling that the teacher has this glow, because he already internalized a new idea, and now we want that light. That's Rosh Hashanah Yim Kippur, two states of Tshuva, two Haftaris of Tshuva, the lower and the higher, Tshuva Tata, Tshuva La, which are the two stages that the student goes through in order to open himself up or herself up for the new light. That's what Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, before, not Yom Kippur, the Shabbosim before Yom Kippur. The Shabbosim from the beginning of the new year. After the Shiva and the to the two Aftaris, till Yom Kippur, till the Shabbos before Yom Kippur, that's called Tarte de Tiyufta in Shulchan Aruch, the two of Tshuva. What is that? What's Tshuva? Tshuva is Aliyah Samalchus. So we explained, we remember in the Kabbalistic language in the beginning of the Maimer, all the way in the beginning of the Maimer, he said that how does this, how does, how does all of this work? He says that, uh, in the beginning that the, the three weeks before Tisha B'Av is Istalkus Gimel Moichen Chabad. Zayin the Nechemte is Isgalus Moichen Da'atika in the seven middas of Zah. Tarte de Tiyufte is Aliyas Hamalchus through Tshuva and Tatov and Bri Yitzir And then there could be Yem Kippur, Matan Torah of Luchas Achrenes, that the Moichen of Atik are revealed to the Neshamas of Bia. Now we finally have that whole picture. And then you have Shemini Atzeres and Simchas Torah, which is the rejoicing of that new idea, of that new relationship. So now we understand the three weeks is the Gimel Moichen Chabad ascend. Zayin and Nechemta is the higher Moichen, Moichen of Atik, are revealed in Zah by the Mashpia. The two authorities of Tshuva is Malchus comes up, comes up from Bri Yitzir which represents the student opening himself up. Yom Kippur, he gets the new idea. Now the student gets the new idea. That's Matan Taira. And Shmir Tzayasim Chas is the second wedding, so to speak. It's the, it's the ultimate celebration of the new light. It's the dancing. It's the joy that comes with that new light. Ah? Uh, and beyond the wedding, the wedding and beyond. The opening up, the stripping, 
of the recipient from everything is what triggers the deepest pleasure in the mentor. When the Makabal opens himself up completely, there's nothing that can arouse in the teacher, Tainug, on that level, to give, to give everything. The bittle of the Makabal, the complete openness, the thirst, the yearning, the openness of the student is the greatest trigger of the deepest pleasure in the Mashpia. That's what Rosh Hashanah is, right? We say, I want a relationship with you. Rosh Hashanah, the time before Rish, before Yom Kippur, those are the preparations of the Mechabal. This leads to the Matan Torah, the new Matan Torah. The second tablets are given. And when the Neshamas Yisrael absorb it, they finally absorb it, what happens? Now it's time to dance. Now it's time to dance and not stop dancing. What the teacher already had after Tisha B'Av, the student has... Sukkis and Shmini Atzeres. Ubi Yoyse, he has it even more than the teacher. Neisha Etzlam hu Chiddush Yoyse. Because by him it's a bigger Chiddush. Kanal B'Mashal. For the student to reach it is all deeper Chiddush. So therefore in a way, his Simcha is even greater than the Simcha of, than the Simcha of the Mashpia. That's the idea of the calendar working through. And he finishes. Let's finish. There's a parenthesis here, but I want to first learn the second, the last paragraph of the Maimer because the parenthesis just asks a question which is important, but I first, I don't want to interrupt the flow. So now we can understand that the order of the Avtoiris of every year is a micro of the macro. What happens in all of history is mirrored in a smaller way in the annual calendar in the Haftaris. We spoke now about Luchas Rishonis, Luchas Achroinis. We spoke before about Chorben Bayis Rishon and Chorben Bayis Sheni. Now it comes all together. The revelation of Mashiach of Gula, that's the ultimate Matan for the Balshuva. In other words, the Luchas Acharonis was the beginning of the taste of Gula. Just like Matan was the beginning of the taste of Gula. But there are stages. The Zoyar says, what's Mashiach going to accomplish? He's going to make the Tzaddikim become Balshuva. <laughs> That's what it says in the Zoya. Mashiach is going to take tzaddikim. Tiyufta means tshuva. He's going to bring the tzaddikim to tshuva. Tzaddikim should become bali tshuva. Why is that so important? Because sometimes the greatest challenge of the tzaddik is that he's a tzaddik. He's a tzaddik. It creates a certain... We're talking about a real tzaddik. We're not talking about a fake tzaddik. We're not talking about a con artist. We're talking about a real tzaddik. But it's a tzaddik. It's a tzaddik basically. The tzaddik's life is, is defined by, by a certain complacency. I'm good. The baltruva is the truth that comes through the brokenness. The truth that comes through vulnerability. 
That's the Balchuva. It's the truth that comes from imperfection. Right? Somebody once said, I used to like perfection, but now I like things that have cracks. They're not whole. Because that, that allows the light to come in. Without cracks, there's no light. So that's what Mashiach is going to accomplish. It's a whole different gilui than the gilui of Matan Torah, of Tzadikim of Matan Torah. Like we learned yesterday, that Mashiach is a new Torah, Torah Chadash. So when the gilui of Mashiach is aroused, Nasa HaKorben, becomes the Chorben Shoinyin Histalkos, and the air goes higher, and the old air goes away higher and higher and higher and higher. And at the end, when the gilui of the new air is ready to come, the whole life gets interrupted. There's another version here. At the end of Golos, you have the greatest explosion of apikursus to deny every last vestige of hope and depth. That's what Goyg and Magig is spiritually. Like we said before, it should have been the other way. If Golos is sin, if it's sin. So at the end of Golos, things should become already smooth and easy. But based on our whole understanding, the deeper the concealment, it's because the light is about to come in. So Dafka, at the end of Golos, the shear becomes completely interrupted. The piska, the chayusa, the chiyus gets cut off. Why? Because the teacher already is experiencing the new light in the mucker. So those who are sensitive to the source, when they already experience the light of Mashiach in the highest and deepest and powerful way, for the student it often translates into the worst galos. The, all the light that we were familiar with, all the light that we were holding on to, all the paradigms, all the language, the vocabulary that we were comfortable with, it's all gone, it's not working. Because in the mucker there's already a whole new light, the light of Mashiach, the light of Gula. Just like what happened by Mitzrayim, as explained in the whole Maimer with Moshe and Hashem, Lama Reyosa, Kel Shaddai, Kel Yudkevavke, everything, Lama Reyosa, that it became worse at the end. Because the Golos is not Midas Adin, the Golos is Midas Harachim, and the Golos is the new light of Matan Torah, that's why it came out by Brisbane Absarim, and that's why at the end of Golos, when Pari goes Meshuga, and there's no hope whatsoever, and the Jews say this is the worst, now Asar Sadibis could come out. So the same is true in the future. So the whole process of the calendar, it's not just about the events of Luchas Achroinus then. It's also Luchas Achroinus by Mashiach. The whole calendar is a reflection of all of history from Brisbane Absorim of Avram Avinu, where he told about Golas until the end, 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 which is Mashiach. And it goes through these stages. Va'oz, and then, Arenu Niflois. What's Arenu Niflois? Show Atzmus Eirin Saif. What emerges with Mashiach is the essence of Eirin Saif. Shenifle venale mi goidel gilu yishu erichadish mamashayde Mashiach. This is Niflois. It's wondrous. It's beyond any previous revelation. It's the complete new light through Mashiach. Umeinze bechol shona hushmini atzeres vesemchastayr. A foretaste of this, a little bit of it, every year, even before the Gula, are the two days of Shmini Atzeres and Simchas Torah. Shuhu me'ein de la'asit. 
Those are the days that ha- that capture the Geula, the future Geula. Vaaz, it says then, Nagila v'nismechabach. We're going to rejoice and celebrate with you. Bach is Bach Mamish. You Mamish. With you Bach. In other words, not just with Teva, with the world, with Boire, with Hasar Mamaris, but Bach Mamish, with you yourself. Atzmus Mamish, as explained before, the Chiddush of Matan Atzmus in the Guf. And he finishes, Vidal, Vidal, Maven. This will be enough for the person who understands. Huh? You say mitzvahs pteles la'asid love. It's going to be one big simcha. Yeah. So you have Yom Kippur. So the days before Yom Kippur, Elul, and especially the, the end of Elul and beginning of Tishrei is the student opening himself up. Yom Kippur, you get it, so to speak. Yom Kippur comes in. And Shemitah Simcha's Teireh is the, is the simcha of that. It's the simcha of that deeper relationship that came after the Hester which started already by Shivasa Batamos. That's when it says in I want to just for a moment see the question in the parentheses. He asks a very obvious question, gives a very interesting response. The paragraph at the end of Yudzayan. Vahagam, even though you can ask a question, Shabamashal Vachain Benimshal Lamaila, we have a little disparity or a big disparity. In the marshal of the student, the student didn't do anything wrong. He's a very good student. On the contrary, because he's a good student, and because the idea of the teacher already reached the student, Saif Maisa, so it reaches its completion, so now we're ready for a new level, a new paradigm. Saif Maisa, Machshavat Chila, as he explained before, when this idea hits to teach the student in the spot, and it reaches its full fruition, it left the space of the teacher and went into the student, it reaches its Shlemus, so now it's time for a new idea that emerges in this teacher, and therefore he stops the old Hashpa. The same is true also with the Avas. Brisbane Absarim Avram reached his completion. The Meichen Hakoidmim were complete. So now there was a Hisairis of a new Gili, the Gili of Matan Taira, and that's why he speaks about Golos. When we speak about the second stage, though, it's a whole different concept. How did the Churban happen? The Churban happened because of Sinas Chinam. It's not that you're going to say that by the time of the Churban, the Jews reached their ultimate spiritual perfection. <laughs> so God said, okay, so now it's time for a higher level. So let's go into Gullus. There was human failure, what we call sin. What we call sin. Gullus Mitzrayim, Taka Moshe was right. There was no sin. But the other Gullus, there was sin. Sin Aschinam, the Gemara says, because of terrible hatred, baseless hatred between Jews. That's how the Gullus happened. It wasn't just they reached perfection and therefore God says there's a new light. In other words, when you read about Gullus, the classic idea is there was sin. The Jews sinned. They weren't worthy of it. They were punished. They were penalized. That's what the Chorban is. And here we're saying, no. It's a whole different thing. The Mashal and the Nimshal don't match. Even by the Avis, by Avram, the Gullus came in a moment of heightened perfection. But not our Gullus. The same is true with the Luchas. Moshe didn't break the Luchas in a vacuum. He broke the Luchas when he saw the golden calf. It's not like... 
Shivasa Batamas Moshe came down and he felt that the Jews reached their ultimate spiritual perfection. So Moshe said, it's time for a new, a new level and therefore let's break the old. It's not exactly how it happened. It happened through crisis. It happened through failure. I get the kasha, yeah? <laughs> So you have to say, and go one step deeper. It's not only in every case that the student reached perfection and everything reached its perfection, so it's time now to go to the next level. Rather, there was a chesed chinam, meaning... Even though the student didn't reach perfection, the arousal of a new reality came because the teacher wanted to give him a whole deeper level of chesed, a whole deeper level of, of light. Even in the Moshal, we explained, it's not just everything is going smooth. Sometimes the student is not getting it. There's resistance, especially when he's asking questions. Like the story with Reb Shemim Ben Yechai, with, with Reb Yechen that we learned earlier in Rish Lakish. So it's the questions that trigger a whole new light. In other words, the student is not absorbing it. It's called kushi haklita. It's not being absorbed. It's hitting a stone wall. And that light therefore bounces back, goes into the teacher, and unleashes from him a new creativity. So this is not always just perfection. On the contrary. Sometimes it's the inability to absorb, which challenges the teacher to give something much deeper. So what would that be then? that there's times in Jewish history that there is a difficulty to absorb. There's something in the relationship that is not happening. The Jews are not ready. They're not getting the shear. They're building a golden calf. Or there's sinas chinam. So kevayachal Hashem is stimulated to give a whole different light in order to be able to fix that resistance. So that actually works in the marshal. So when we say that at a certain point a new light emerges, you could say it's chesed chinam, he just, he wants to give it even though you're not ready for it. Or even on a deeper level, that it's the resistance, the inability to absorb that challenges me to go to a deeper place I should be able to reach you. When Moshe davens, or during the Churban, the Jewish people demonstrated sacrifice on Kiddush Hashem and on the Beis HaMikdash. This light that returns triggers in the source of the Mashpia new light, like the Luchas, or Mashiach by the Churban. So it's not just the concept of this perfection. Sometimes there is the inability of the macabre to absorb. And sometimes there is that, that feel of Moshe that came from the failure. 
and he fights. He fights for this relationship. He says, it's not going to stop. That brings out a deeper relationship. The fight of the Jewish people, their mysterious nefesh by the Chorban, he says, that brings out of the Mashpia a whole new experience. It's possible that this is even much deeper than the arousal that comes from the perfection of the previous idea because the Mechabal absorbed it. Because that's all the smooth transition. The student absorbs it through the words of the Mashbiya, and now that he absorbs it, it's time to go to the next level. That's taka one ur that comes out. But there's a much deeper ur that may come out from the fact that it's not absorbed, that it hits, it hits a, it hits a, uh, it hits a stone wall. It's much deeper maybe than they say, he says, F shalayma, that it's even deeper than this urus that comes from absorbing from the shleimus. That's taka by Brisbane Absarab. But here there's something else, this urus that comes from the urchoyzer, the ur did not come in. The ur did not come in. And there was a failure. There was the sin. And Moshe had to daven, Vayichal Moshe. And there was the mysterious nefesh for this relationship. After the Chorben Beis HaMikdash, that may bring out even the deeper air, the air of Mashiach, which is even deeper than the first air of Matan that happens by Brisbane Absarim. In other words, over there, it's a smooth transition. And here the air Choyzer is deeper because it has to unleash something much more powerful because it didn't go in. And because it didn't go in, so therefore it creates even something even something in deeper, the canal b'mashal, as in the mashal, v'tzarich iyun. This needs iyun, this needs insight, this needs, uh, this needs explanation. Which also includes the idea, which is already very, uh, very subtle and very sensitive, that, uh, this is a lot in the, you have it a few places in Chsidus, a little hinted, in the works of Reb Tzadik Hakayin of Lublin, he, he likes he likes to elaborate on this, and that is that sometimes the sin happens on two levels, on a conscious level and an unconscious level. Right? On a conscious level, I have choice. I made a choice, and I made a bad choice. I have to do tshuva. There's also an unconscious level, <laughs> and on the unconscious level. I was preparing for the new light that's going to come through tshuva. The new light that's going to come through tshuva, that's what I'm really looking for. There's a poem from Reb Shloyme Ibn Gabiril, one of the Spanish Jewish poets. So he writes about God. He says, I run away from you to get closer to you. I run away from you to get closer to you. So, a Jew, a Jew, uh, goes off the beaten track. This is not the derech. You went on the wrong derech. On one level, you're going on the wrong path. On another level, you're carving out a new path to Hashem. Because, lo yidach mimenu nidach, nobody's gonna be lost. So ultimately, you're going to transform the darkness into light. So from this path that's off the beaten track, you're really carving out a new path. So, on some level, there's a deeper level of sin, which is coming from the deep awareness that I want the deeper light. 
And the deeper light, the Matan Torah of the Luchas Achreinus then, is what prompts it. So that's a whole other dimension that may also be added here to understand the whole picture, to understand the whole process. I don't want to say we concluded the Maimer. I don't think we concluded the Maimer. But we finished reading the Maimer, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Next week, Monday, Monday, you're here. Oh, I'm going away. I'm going away. Next week, there's no shiurim. A whole week. I'm, I'm going to be here, not be here on and off. And the next week, also not. I'm gonna, yeah. Bain Hazmanim. We have Bain Hazmanim. Okay? That's, 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 that's all. <laughs> I'll, I'll look exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Next week and the week after. If you could post it on the... Everybody should have a wonderful Shabbos. Which, what plays into what? What happened was... What happened is that... You say, It's not fear. You know, you say, It's not fear. I'm a tzad, somebody is a tzaddik, he doesn't get all these mitzvahs. Somebody is a balaveda, suddenly all these avedas become mitzvahs, yeah? The marshal says, lo nisker. Doesn't make sense. Person lives his life nicely, nishgut, he doesn't get all these mitzvahs. A guy sins his whole life, and suddenly every aveda is a mitzvah. Every aveda becomes a mitzvah. Doesn't, it's not fair, right? No, so how do you understand this? Perik Zion. Ah, Perik Zion. Yeah, Tanya Perik. Ah? You don't Perik Zion, you don't have Zachyas. You don't have Gilles Chuba. Yeah, no, I got Gilles Chuba. The Alter ever ends is. For what? This thing is only Gilles Chuba. He gets a bigger Chuba. Where does Alter end? Tanya Perik Zion. This is your son? Yeah, you don't have the regular Zion. Tanya Perik Zion, Alter ever says that what? That Zdain is not so like a because through the Chayshach he experiences a different Av, a different Simayim. Same word. Shukah gets a higher Shukah, a different Shukah because of that, but he goes much higher. Person who failed, who was for days without water, right? He says, Sama Nafshay, right? The Eretz Tziyav, it's Almavis. It's a different Samalacham Nafshay that you don't have in a different situation. In other words, it's the very sin that contributes to the Avas Hashem. Because of the negativity. Yeah. So now a person will say, but you, know, you never say that. Because if you really care about Hashem, you do what Hashem wants. <laughs> he doesn't want you to sin. He doesn't want you. But if a person did, right? So a, there's a, a, a different ayat is needed. The Lepoil, the Luchas Acherenes, was a different ayur. You needed a higher ayur in order to reach this person. Because they sinned, obviously. Yeah. In, other words, in theory, if still would not happened, we never needed it, and we would never have gotten it, because we would have never needed it. So it only came down, the sin brought about, obviously, this... this, this so that's what we said in the parentheses, that the sin creates an archeiser, that the things are not being absorbed, Right? So it brings out an archaizer, the kashas of the makabal, the kasha. Yeah. Some, so that, the resistance. Yeah. 
is you need to give, you, you're trying to communicate to your child, he's not getting it. So you need to go to a deeper place inside of you to be able to give it to him. Okay. So the Shviris HaLuchas happens because I want to give him Luchas Achreinus. Because I want to give him Luchas Achreinus, I have to break the first Luchas. That, that's where I'm, I'm not properly getting. The Shviris HaLuchas happen. I wanted to give, or because they've sinned and they're not getting it, so I have to make higher. It's a big difference. Because it's either Hashem wanted it, therefore in a sense they had to sin, so I'll give it to you. Or it's like, you sin, so in order for me to give it to you, I have to go deeper. So that's what he says both. He says, there's an union of chesed chinam. Right, so the, 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 I want to give it to you. Chesed was the moich. And even though you're not per, it's not like you deserve it, right? And even in the marshal, we see this in the kuda, that it's not lavdafka from shleimus. It's coming from, uh, from archaizer. And especially, yeah. And especially the Urchhoiser that comes after the Chet, the Tfilas Moshe, Vayechal Moshe, or the Mysterious Nefesh, he says that's, that's even Mo'erid a deeper Ur. That, that fighting for the relationship, so to speak. So there is an Akud that even a person would have been perfect, I still want to give him more. Well, by Avramavinu, he says it earlier in the Maimer, that he reached his perfection by Brisbane Absarim, Soif Maisis, and now there was a Hisaridus of yet a higher light. But at the end of this parenthesis, he says that this is even deeper than that, because that's just the Hisaridus that comes from Shleimus. But the Hisaridus that comes from not Shleimus is a much deeper one. So you have to go deeper, like you said. You, have to go you understand what I'm get. saying? Huh? Because it's a darkness that unleashes the deepest place. You understand? You're teaching a student and everything is perfect and now you want to go deeper. But it doesn't come to the depth that comes from the, from the tension, from the... And the real reason for all of this is because the ultimate kavana of the Bria, the ultimate kavana of Atzimus and creating the world was to be mahapeh chayshech. So chayshech has something that reaches the deepest place. You understand? The Kavan of the Briya wasn't Ur, Ur there was. The Kavan of the Briya was the transformation. So when there's the darkness, it touches, so to speak, the Mashpiya in the deepest place to be able to transform it. That's why this Ur is a much deeper Ur than the Ur that comes from Shlemos. Tamevin. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're asking a good question. If you have mikra, so you already have to have, uh, you have the 630 mitzvahs, right? So what's pshat? You don't have a locha mishnah. The answer is bekitzer. They would have had the whole Torah, but they would have had it the way it's in mikra. <laughs> Meaning, all the pratim would be part of the klal. Now, every union in Torah Shabal Peh, you have to harav and there's machloikasin, and eboyas, and debates, and you have to figure everything out. Pshat they would have mikra is that the whole Torah would operate on the level of mikra. On the level of klal. Like Talmud Yerushalmi, like simple? Huh? Like Talmud Yerushalmi? Relative, relative. Talmud Yerushalmi is also part of, it's not so simple. But it would be, you understand, you, you, would know, you would know all the mitzvahs, but it would be like a clarity. Ah, uh, which is like a tzaddik, which is like a tzaddik. What, what's Torah Shabbat? Torah Shabbat Pelagab, Torah Shabbat is a Baltruva Legabi Atzadik. You learn Gemara, yeah? The Gemara says, okay, why the Mishnah says this? Should have said this. Oh, so you have to say this. No, this is wrong. 
but I'll prove you you're wrong. What is that? That's tshuva. What is tshuva? Tshuva is you were going one way. Oh yeah, I made a mistake. So I have to reinvent it. But now, no, so now I reject it. And you don't stop. You understand? That you don't, that process you don't have in Tereshavik A question and a tiyufta, and then it's completely refuted, and it can't be salvaged, and this svat has to be thrown out forever, but this could be maintained. You understand? That's what tshuva. What's tshuva? I, I'm following a path. No, I made a mistake. I have to reinvent it. Now I have to turn around. <laughs> now I have to redo my whole life. You understand? What tshuva is in life, Gemara is in, in Torah. Right? That's why it says in Zohar that Torah Shabbat Pez, Eitz Hada'ah. Right? It's the bitter of Eitz Hada'ah's Toivirah. And, and, and Kabbalah is called Eitz Hachayim. Eger Sakaj Simon Chavav, a whole chapter. You ever learned Eger Sakaj Simon Chavav? The whole long thing. Huh? So if there would be no Cheta Egel, they would have the whole Mikra and say for Yeshua, what's of course they would have the mitzvahs. It's not like they wouldn't have mitzvahs. You need Mishnah and Gemara. But the presence of the whole Mishnah and Gemara, it would be Oyashar, it would be clear. You would just have the Klal of Torah. It's the Cheta Egel that created the, the need for a different Torah. On one level, it's much harder now. You have to work. On another level, it's a much deeper Ur. The Ur that you reach through Torah Shabal Peh, the Ur Choyzer, is the Ur of Tshuva. It's the Ur of Talumas Chachm. It's Keflayim Latashiyah. It's a whole different Ur. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have all these debates. All this Gemara only came down so much later. So everything's after Chedegel. Everything's after like the film of my decisions. That's what you say, Steve. Lead reaction. It's a good question. You're saying that Lachaira, Luchas Achirainas. Yeah. You're saying till, till they got yeah. to Mishnah, took uh, Bayashen, the end of Bayashani. The answer is, <laughs> you're asking good questions. The answer is, when you say Luchas Acharonis came with Halacha Mishnah, God doesn't mean it was given right then. It means it unleashed a force in the world that would produce Halacha Mishnah God. You understand? That's the word. In the right time. Luchas Rishonis would have been one type of life. Luchas Shni is brought into Klaliyasran, to the world, a different type of Ur. Why? I sent an essay for this Shabbos, so it's going to be censored. Huh? It came already? It's called The Chips, The Chips of Your Life? What's the title? It's called The Chips of Your Life Will Make You Rich. Yeah. It says in Gemara in Adarim. Huh? It's very deep, you know. It says that Moshe became rich from the psoilus of the luchas. You know them, yeah? Hashem said, carve out, take sapphire. So he carved it out. So there's all the leftovers, the, the junk, the chips. But it was it was good stuff. It was sapphire, he became rich. So Chassidus says, distasteful. You want Moshe to be rich. It's like a real estate deal here. <laughs> you ask Moshe to, to make luchas. And by the way, there's a cut for you. You want him to be rich? Be rich. <laughs> Yeah, the word from the Rebbe Rashab is a Maimer, Tafir Samaches. He says a hafla de kavart. He says, Luchas Rishonis didn't have psilas. 
Luchas Rishonis didn't have refuse because it was made in heaven. Luchas Shnias has psilos. Because what's Luchas Shnias? Luchas Shnias is the Luchas that are created through failure. Right? It's, it's psilos. Luchas Shnias is man-made. It's not God-made. Tshuva is man-made. It's not God-made. Luchas Rishonis is God-made. That's what a tzaddik is. A tzaddik just listens to Hashem. The Baltruva is somebody who needs to reinvent himself. Hashem has, has been eclipsed. You understand? It's man-made. It's your own initiative. It's your own creativity. That's Torah Shabalpah. It's Archoizer. It comes Malmatalamaila. Right? So as a result of that, there's Psoilus. Yeah. That Psoilus, you would think, is horrible. He says, no, this was gave Moshe the deepest richness. The deepest Ashiris comes from this Psoilus. Luchas Shishonis didn't bring into the world Psoilus. It brought in a world that's beyond Psoilus. Before that there was Psoilus, Zuhama. It says from Eitz Adaz there was Zuhama, filth. Matan Teira, Pascha, Zuhama, the Gemara says in Shabbos. But by Chet it all came back. The Psoilus of the world, the cover-up came back, the clipper came back. So Luchas Achirinus has Psoilus. And it's the transformation of the Psoilus into divine tablets. That's the Chiddush. Of Luchas Achrenes. So it brought into the world a different paradigm of Judaism. The paradigm of Yiddishkeit of Luchas Rishonis is not the same like Luchas Achrenes. Luchas Rishonis is one Pchina, Luchas is a different Pchina. Luchas Achrenes is man-made. Luchas Achrenes has Psalis. Luchas Achrenes is going to bring Halacha, Mishnah, God in the right time. But it's a different way of thinking. It's like right brain, left brain, Klal, Prat, Milmaila, Milmato, Talmud Bavli, Talmud Yerushalmi, or Yosher, or Choyzer, Tzadikim, Balei Tshuva. It's male, a different... Huh? Male, female also have those two things? Or no, they're not. I don't no, know. That I don't know. That's not part of the equation. <laughs> Males and females both are Tzadikim and Balei Tshuva. It's not... Uh, but it's the concept of Luchas Roshon is everything is clear. Everything is klal. You don't have to work through the Pratim because they're not detached. Luchas Shniyas is a whole different paradox. So all of Yiddishkeit was affected by it. You understand? Why a whole Yom Kippur we don't mention this? It's a good tekepala. It's not a good tekepala. Except for the Zaydi. It's for Stanen. 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 It's you want to know why Yom Kippur we don't mention this? Why the whole Yom Kippur we don't mention that it's Matan Torah of Luchas Achreinus? The Gemara says in Tainus, Chavav, Yom Kippur is Yom Shenitnu by Luchas Achronis. Yom Chasunosa is Matan Torah, is Yom Kippur Shenitnu by Luchas Achronis. It's a Gemara in Tainus, the end of Tainus. Interesting order. 
Well, that's the question he's asking in parentheses. We always say that galus is a kapara for sins, right? And here we're saying that the galus has a whole other dimension, that the primius of galus is really Hashem wants to reveal a new light, not just atone for sins. And how does it fit with the marshal? And the marshal, it's the completion of the student that creates the galus. Or Brisbane Absarim, it's the Shlemos of Avram that creates the Haftach of Galus. But the Churban Abai is happened because of Sin Aschina, because of sin. Because of failure, that's what caused it, not because of Shlemos. The same is true with the breaking of the Luchas. It happened because of the Chet HaEgel. It didn't happen because the Jews were complete. It's the breaking of the Luchas that was caused by the sin. So that's what he's trying to explain here. So one of the ideas that he's saying is this Nakuda that when we speak about sin and we speak about kapara of sin, of course it's true that the Gaulus came because of sin and the Gaulus came because of kapara of sin. But let's understand what that really means. And that's the great, uh, the great insight here. He says, it's, 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 it's a very serious insight. And that's the idea that in the marshal we said that what, uh, what, what forces the teacher to bring out the new insight? It's the questions of the Talmud. In other words, Talmud says, I don't understand you. I want to understand you, but I don't get you. The relationship is lacking. The Shia that the teacher prepared is not successful. It's not going into the student. The student, the student is saying, this doesn't make sense. And when the teacher sees that and he hears those questions, it challenges him. It's the Urchheiser, right? We learned it earlier in the Maimon. It's the Urchheiser that unleashes a whole new insight. Okay, so now I want to ask you a question. You have a student, he's sitting in class, and the teacher is giving a share, and the student says, I don't understand anything, right? So you could say, oh, this student is, is, is a bad student. He's a lousy student. He's not interested in anything. Uh, there's no hope. But that's not what a real teacher does. What the real teacher does is he says, mm, let me go deeper into me and let me understand. Maybe there's something new that I have to give. Maybe I have to change my language. It's also true emotionally. Let's say I'm trying to communicate and, and, and he's not picking it up or she's not picking it up. So there's all these questions, there is this resistance, it's called the kushi haklita, the difficulty to absorb. My message is hitting a, a, a rock, it's hitting a stone wall. So I have to go deeper into myself and ask myself, maybe I'm looking at this wrongly, maybe I have to reinvent myself, maybe I need a whole new air that this person needs. So what's really happening is, the student is begging on one level, the student is like, there's no relationship here. Like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand what you're saying. I don't care for what you're saying, right? Your child says, I don't care what you're telling me. But that's on the surface. That's externally. What, what he's really saying is, I need this relationship to be so much, so much deeper. L let me give another example in, in a marriage. Yeah? Sometimes a woman creates a lot of resistance to her husband, right? She's, she's upset at him. She, she screams at him. She chastises him. She gives him musr. She really, really is triggering him. So on one level, you say, oh, she's not interested in him. She wants a divorce. She wants out. No, 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 no. That's chitzainius. The pnimius is the opposite. She's saying, like, I, I you know, I'm expecting so much. I want so much. I want a deeper relationship. I want a more authentic relationship. I need to feel you more. I need to feel your presence. I need to feel your love. I'm, I'm hurt because the relationship is not working for me. If, if she really wouldn't care, she also wouldn't be upset. There's no hope. There's no expectation. 
I'm so attached and I need that attachment and I'm not feeling that attachment and that's what's causing the pain. So what does the husband have to do? He's not supposed to run away at this time. On the contrary, he has to be able to go into a deeper place and really confront his own darkness and his own inadequacies and be able to give her so much more. So if you want to call her the Makabal and he's the Mashpia, like we spoke earlier in the Shia, right? Man Mashpia, woman Makabal. It's the child, it's the student, not the child, it's the student, it's the Makabal who's resisting the air because he's searching for a much deeper air. So now let's go to the Jewish people. Wow. The Jewish people are sinning. What do you mean they're sinning? The air of Hashem didn't penetrate them. It didn't absorb. Hashem spoke at Matan Taira and I didn't get it. I'm, I'm sinning. I'm, 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 I'm betraying you. I'm telling Hashem. I don't get it. it. It's not sitting well with me. It's not affecting me. It's not transforming me. On one level, it's like we're running away from God. On another level, no, we're running closer. I'm looking for a deeper relationship. I'm looking for a deeper message. I'm looking for a deeper light. So on that level, what is the sin? The sin is really, I want an Ava that's so much deeper. I want to feel so much closer to you. It's not the regular echt of I'm sinning because I don't care and then I'll do tshuva. No, the sin on a deeper level, maybe unconscious, is prompted by the search for, 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 for the light of Geula. So what was the Chorban? The Chorban was because of the sin. What's the sin? The sin? I'm looking for the real Kirov. I'm looking for, for that new light. So Hashem says, I'm giving you that light. I'm giving you that light. That's the light of Gula. That's the light. That's the light of the. That's the light of Mashiach. So it's the student who says, "I don't get your message." So the teacher now has to find within himself new oasis, a new model, a new paradigm, a new light that this should be able to go into the student. This is called luchas achreinus. This is the matan Torah for the baltruva. It's not the matan Torah for the tzaddikim. You want matan Torah for the baltruva? You need talumas chachma. You need keflayim letishia. You need the depth of the depth of the depth. You need mamash the ain soif itself. I need the deepest infinity. That's the matan Torah for the baltruva. You're not going to be able to communicate Torah to the baltruva to the Jew who, who built who built the eagle. Again, back to the woman. She's saying, you know, I, I, I'm so upset. I'm so hurt by this relationship. She's really pleading with her husband to find within himself a new dimension in his personality. Maybe to reinvent himself through which he could connect to her, through which he can give her love, through which he could fill that void, through which she could feel the trust, the support. That's a whole different perspective. That's the kushi haklita. That's the, the, the what is it? Kushi haklita. The, the difficulty to absorb, to digest. The student is screaming, Rebbe, your message is not affecting me. Your message is not going into me. You're, I don't get it. The Jew, by sinning, what is he telling Hashem? Your message is not going into me. That creates an urchoyzer. That's the light that comes back from the frustration, from the inability to go into me. Kevayachal prompting Hashem, so to speak, Kevayachal to find a new light. What's the new light? Ah, luches achroinas. The, the new light is the light of Gugula. For that, the, the old light has to go away. The luches have to break the first luches. So now he could find a real connection, a real connection with the student. Why am I sinning? I'm sinning because I don't feel connected to you. Why is this woman so upset? Why is she going somewhere else? Because she doesn't feel connected. What am I looking for? I'm looking for a real connection. I'm looking for a deeper connection. I'm going to give you another example. There's a child who rebels against his father, right? And he tells him, you're not my father. You're not my father anymore. You can hear two things here. You can hear, wow, what a spoiled brat. This is disgusting. This is not nice. He's arrogant. It's horrible. That, and you're right. The words are really, really painful. 
if you look deeper, he may be saying something else. He may be saying, saying, I need a new father. I need a deeper father. I need a more authentic father. Father, I need to feel you more. I'm not feeling you. That's why I say, you're not my father. It's basically a way of dealing with my own pain. The words that he's saying are not nice. They're not nice. That's true. He has to apologize. But the message is a very, very deep message. And what's the worst thing the father does is, oh, I'm not your father. You're, I'm not your, I'm not, I'm not your father. Really? You're not my child. Have a wonderful way. No, have a wonderful day. No, he needs you more than anything else. And you know, sometimes getting upset, sometimes the fact that you say, how could you say such a thing? How could you say, I'm not your father. I gave my blood for you. Sometimes that helps because he may think that his father is detached. And the fact that he sees that his father is triggered, his father is so hurt, his father is so upset. He says, oh, wow, my father cares. Suddenly he feels connected. Sometimes the toichich itself, the father getting upset, that itself is the new light. Sometimes that itself is the new light, right? The the toichich, that itself is the new light. That's what he felt. So the point here is that the sins that we're talking about, there's the external dimension of it, which is, of course, always not good. It's bad. It's a chet. And then there's the deeper dimension. I'm looking for luchas achirainus. I'm looking for Mashiach. I'm looking, I'm looking for Geula. And that oir chayzer is what creates the new oir, the oir of Geula. Then there's the second oir chayzer that he discusses. That's the vayichal Moshe. That after the chet ha'egel, there's the tefillah, the the yearning for, 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 for renewal. The Messiris Nefesh for the Beis HaMikdash. That's the Urchaiser. In other words, there is the difficulty of absorption because of the estrangement, and that's created one, what, that creates one Urchaiser. And then there's the desire that I want to fight for this relationship, and that creates unbelievably deep Urchaiser, which, which triggers in the source tremendous, tremendous new revelations. Right. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.